Would you remain standing with me as we come now to the Bible? And this morning we're looking at John chapter 6 and verses 1 to 15. It's a miracle that was misunderstood then and has often been misunderstood ever since. John chapter 6 and beginning at verse 1. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain And there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming towards him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they for so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down, about five thousand in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks... He distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. This is God's word.
Jeff Bezos is the CEO of Amazon. According to CNN, Forbes, and Bloomberg's billionaire tracker, Bezos is now not only the richest person in the world, he is probably the richest person in all of human history. His net worth as of January the 25th, 2018, was said to be about $114 billion. When you think of your life, are you satisfied? Perhaps you look around at uh, other people who have more money than you do, and you wonder whether your life is really good enough. Or maybe you don't have enough money to pay the bills and you wonder how you're going to make it through the next week. You don't have $114, alone $114 billion. Or maybe you have more money than other people around you and you still do not feel satisfied because after all there's always someone richer. As John Paul Getty once was asked, how much money is enough? And he replied, just a little bit more. There's always a Jeff Bezos or a Bill Gates. Perhaps you are disappointed with your life or even whisper it quietly with your God. You have asked him for so many things and as far as you can see, he has not provided them. You have tried to do what is right, but you do not think your life measures up to the pleasure, the people, the places that the 1% gets to have. Well, our passage this morning and this miracle that was misunderstood then and has frequently been misunderstood today, Jesus is showing us that every follower of his can be fully satisfied in Jesus alone when you truly understand who Jesus is, when you grasp who he is, when you know who he is. 
And to make that case, the story calls us to recognize the reality of life without Jesus and then recognize the reality of life with Jesus. Recognize the reality of life without Jesus. This is verses 1 to 9. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. And there's a great crowd of people following him because they saw the miraculous signs he had performed. Jesus goes up to the mountain and he sits down with his disciples and the Jewish Passover is near. Jesus looks out and he sees a great crowd coming towards him and he says to Philip, where are we going to buy bread for all these people to eat? We're told that he asked this to test him because he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, eight months wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have even a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. What good is that going to do with so many people? Here you are introduced to a Passover feast where there is no bread. Disciples, the inner circle who have no clue what to do about it. And a little boy with a small picnic, and that is all. You're told that it's near the Passover feast. A great crowd is following Jesus. They've seen him heal people miraculously. And in a time of little effective medical care and no health insurance, Jesus is deeply attractive to them because he was a form of completely free and remarkably powerful medical care. He said it and you were healed. They were following him for his medical abilities. No need to go to the emergency room. No need to file your health insurance and complain that you're not getting what you need to get through the health insurance system. There was Jesus healing immediately. The Passover itself was a great festival like uh, maybe Christmas or Easter when families gathered together. And in the Passover, the Jews remembered that God had rescued them from Egypt. He had saved them from slavery to take them out to worship him and, and then care for him in the desert with, with manna with bread from heaven in the wilderness. It was a mountain that they gathered around and bread that was fed to them. The ancient historian Josephus says that about three million Jews would gather around Passover season in Jesus' time, though modern historians think the figure is more likely to have been about 200,000. But at any rate, with uh, this massive crowd, we know that 5,000 men were gathering, which meant with women and children, probably about 20,000. And they had nothing to eat, no bread. They were hungry. A hungry individual can be grumpy. A hungry crowd can be dangerous. 
And Jesus asks Philip, one of his disciples, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? It's a Passover feast. There's no bread. Your life without Jesus is like that. It's like thousands of people gathering for the Passover season, but no bread. It's it's much more than Thanksgiving with no turkey. It's disappointing. And the disciples, the disciples have no clue how to fix it. Who can blame them? 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough. There's no way they have the money for this. 200 denarii was, uh, is about $20,000 or so in our money. Can you imagine the conversation? Jesus, where are we going to find food for all this crowd? Philip, I've no idea. I'm not carrying around in my back pocket thousands of dollars. Andrew, the good news is there's a boy over there that has a small picnic. And Jesus is testing them. That is, he is helping them recognize the reality of life without Jesus. He aims to multiply Philip's faith when he multiplies the bread. There are tests that are designed to trap you or trick you. And there are tests that are designed to strengthen you. In other words, no human way for these people to be fed. They did not have the money. They did not have the resources. There was no human way for these people to be fed. Perhaps you are facing a test where there is no human solution. Oh, if so, it's designed to make you look for a divine solution. A Passover feast where there is no bread and thousands of people getting hungry, disciples who have no clue how to fix it, and a little boy with a small picnic, and that is all. This is the reality of life without Jesus. I learned this uh, lesson about the uh, disappointment of life without Jesus through the sad life of a friend of mine at Cambridge University. He was the brightest person I have ever met. I think he was a genius. IQ 150 plus plus, who knows. He did absolutely no work at all. And to everyone's great frustration, he did better than everyone else combined. I tried to tell him about Jesus, but he was, I think, too interested in his success to listen. I lost touch with him after university. 
And then I discovered that he had died at the age of 25 through constant drug abuse. The brightest person I have ever met. And as far as I know, he did nothing with his life. You can have all the money in the world. You can have all the brains in the world. You can have all the personality in the world. You can have all the relational skills in the world. But without Jesus, your life is like a Passover feast without any bread. It's disappointing. And in the end, it's eternally disappointing. And then recognize the reality of life with Jesus. This is verses 10 through to 15. Jesus said, make the people sit down. There's plenty of grass in that place, and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over. After the people saw this miraculous sign, they said, Surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. They were filled with this expectation of this prophetic figure at this time of Passover that Moses had promised there'll be a prophet like me who will come to rescue you. They, they were certain this is the prophet, but they misunderstood who he was. Yes, he was a prophet, but far more than a prophet. Yes, he was a king, but not this king. Not a king to dominate and throw out the Romans through military Conquest And Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to the mountain by himself. The reality of life with Jesus. And here you're introduced to the freedom that Jesus brings, the plenty that Jesus gives. But it must derive from clarity about who Jesus is. Is this miracle that was misunderstood then and has often been misunderstood today? And the freedom that Jesus brings to the crowd is indicated by them being told to sit down or recline in good order and liberty. In ancient times, nobles and freemen reclined at table, leaning on the left side and eating with the right hand. And indeed, traditionally at Passover, participants would recline in order to indicate that God had set them free. And they were freemen. They were no longer slaves. They had liberty. Well, this crowd that was like sheep without a shepherd is no longer so. They're no longer wandering around, but they, they sit down, they Recline, they now have freedom, liberty. Then Jesus gives them plenty of food. 
I love this part. It's perhaps the greatest understatement ever written. It's simply recorded that Jesus took the loaves and fish, gave thanks, and then distributed it to everyone as much as they wanted, as if that was an easy thing to do. It's a bit like saying he took five hot dogs, gave thanks, and then distributed those five hot dogs enough for the entire crowd at the United Center in Chicago. Easy if you can do it. And there are 12 baskets full of leftovers. Though it appears, this, this uh, miracle occurs in each of the four gospel, but it, uh, gospels, but it appears in Joss, John's gospel, they ate all the fish, for only the barley loaves have any leftovers. Good fish, perhaps. But for this freedom and plenty, there must be clarity about who Jesus is, which they did not have. They conclude he is the prophet with the messianic messianic hope stirred up by Passover season. They remember Moses' words about the prophet who would come like him to rescue God's people, but but they, they misunderstood what kind of prophet, what kind of king. They have now gone from looking at Jesus as a free medical care center to looking at Jesus as a military ruler who would violently kick out the Romans and reestablish the rule of King David by force. Jesus has fed them, but they're not satisfied with who he is. They want him to be who they desire him to be, how they define the king should be. And Jesus knows this and slips away again. He will teach them more about who he is when they find him once more on the other side of the lake in the second half of this chapter 6 of John. Jesus is neither a miraculous medical magician nor a military commander. He is the bread of of life. And if you believe, you'll never go hungry. You will experience complete satisfaction now and forever. Francis of Assisi put it like this, to him who tastes God, all the sweetness of the world is but bitterness. You don't want that anymore. You have God. You see the reality of life without Jesus once you recognize the reality of life with Jesus. Jesus. Oh, freedom is offered by our world. Oh, for sure. But what it means by freedom is the opportunity to do what you want. That's how it defines freedom.
But that is no more freedom than it is freedom to take a toddler to a five-lane highway, leave him on his own, saying, walk wherever you want. A fish is free in water. A fish is not free out of water. If you are in outer space, you are not more free if you take your space helmet off. However much you might want to, you are not more free. You are more dead. Freedom is being who God designed you to be. Plenty is also offered by our world. But what it means by plenty is not more and more, it's just more and more stuff. Another house, another car, another job. More is not better, it is simply more. The grass is not greener on the other side because if you get to the other side, the grass will look greener on another other side. So it carries on. Plenty is not more and more stuff. Plenty is more and more Jesus. It is more following Jesus. It is more and more knowing Jesus. It is more and more loving Jesus. He is the only person in all of reality of whom you will never grow hungry and never grow thirsty. It is said that everyone who knocks on a brothel door is looking for God. Your satisfaction that you seek is found in more and more Jesus. Why? Because of clarity about who Jesus is. If you're not satisfied in Jesus, it's because you lack clarity about who Jesus is. How do you become clear about the majesty of Jesus? Seek him like the crowd did. They followed him. Even hungry, they sought him. At uh, 15 years of age, Mary Jones walked 26 miles barefoot to get a Bible in her own language to inspire the founding of the Bible Society. Today, we have every kind of Bible imaginable. But the person who knows God is the person who wants to know God. There are no shortcuts to knowledge of the holy. We must journey, seek. Psalm 27 says this, you You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, O Lord, do I seek. We must search for him, seek him. Not a a Google search, seek him. Trust him. Seek him, trust him. A few loaves and two fish, what good can they do? 
Entrust your talents and resources to God. John Bunyan said this, There was a man, some counted him mad. The more he gave, the more he had. Entrust those few loaves and two fish to God and watch him multiply them. Seek him, trust him, gather with him. This crowd as they gather around Jesus is a type of the church gathering around Jesus. And the church takes care of our needs. We look after each other, seek, trust, gather around more and more of Jesus, not as a mere political leader, but the very bread of life. The Puritans called it experimental religion or experiential. There's all the difference in the world between knowing that honey is sweet And tasting the honey. He is more than a prophet. He is more than a military ruler. He is the one who can take a few loaves and a couple of fish and with nothing but giving thanks feed 5,000 people. He is the one you are made for and redeemed for. He is your freedom. He is your plenty. Because He is the bread of life. Are you disappointed with your life? Or even with your God? Jeff Bezos has a lot of money. But you can only be fully satisfied if you have a lot of Jesus. And every follower of Jesus can be fully satisfied in Jesus alone when you truly understand who Jesus is. Recognize the disappointment of life without Jesus. Every feast is a famine without Jesus. Every person, every disciple is clueless without Jesus. Every resource is just a few loaves and fish without Jesus. Recognize the satisfaction of life with Jesus. He gives True freedom. He exudes real plenty. Because he's not just a prophet or a military ruler, he is the bread of life. Let's pray together. Our Lord, we ask that 
knowing that you are the bread of life, we would seek, trust, and gather. We recognize the reality of life without you and the reality of life with you. Knowing all that, we would taste and see that you are good this morning. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.